What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Got to ensure access to helium for all. Being no helium for comedians. What happens when you put in a cage fight a giant in with a midget? The use of the midget, uh, excuse me, the use of the M word, the midget will not win the fight. I'm going to tell you that. Now, the the M word refers uh, to uh, a group of people, the little people. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Representative Hank Johnson. And it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. With your host, Mike Paul. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. All right. So here we are. Chad, your second episode. Your first one since guest hosting with Pete Canones. How's it feel? It's good, man. I feel good. I'm, I'm ready to go. Just, uh, just got off a fresh case of COVID. Uh, you know, feeling good, finally. Took forever, kicked my ass, but uh, we're here. What were what were your symptoms like? What what was it in a nutshell? Because for me, it was just sinus pain, migraine, no taste for a month. Yeah, so I went in with um, under the pretense that I had a sinus infection, and it felt like I had a sinus infection. Ton of congestion, pain in the face, you know, slight fever, but it was a pretty low fever when I went in. And then actually, when I tested, I had like ninety seven point nine was my temperature. But a day or two after that, I had fever for the next week and a half. Um, and it was over 100.4, went up as high as like 103 one night. Um, and I just felt generally like shit. Wow. That's so weird. See, I mean, I, I think honestly, but your taste stayed around. I lost, I never lost my sense of taste. I lost wow. my sense of smell. Um, and that was like a week. And then it started to come back. It was really I weird. Would- I would gladly trade with you. If I can feel like shit, but I can taste delicious food, then that's a trade I'll make all day long, you know, because I couldn't taste for a solid month for that, four solid weeks. I couldn't taste anything. I mean, that that's fair. That that would really, really suck. <laughs> but I, I was just like it was it was taking so long and I was sick for so long. Like it's longer than I've ever been sick with anything before that I was like, I was like, holy shit, like, am I like really sick? 
is something going to happen? Like I, I started to get nervous and I'm a, I'm a warrior by default. So that's part of the problem. But yeah, I was getting kind of scared at one point. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's wild. It's, it's crazy how everybody's symptoms are so different. It's like, I know people at work who are, uh, or, you know, clients at work that are in their thirties that were like knocked on their ass and fatigued for three weeks long, you know? So it's just wild. It's weird. Yeah. Well, your guys, your guys's cousin, he was sick for four weeks. He had to have had it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He had to have had it. I had something back in January that it was before we were told that it was in the States. So I never thought of it being COVID, but I woke up at two in the morning, shivering so hard that I woke my wife up with a fever. I was sweating and shivering so profusely that my shaking woke her up and yep. I could not get out of bed for two straight days. I've never been that sick. Like I could yep. not, I could not get out of bed. Then it passed. And then like two months later, everyone's freaking out about COVID. I'm hearing about the symptoms and I'm like, was that, you know, I don't know. Dude, maybe totally could have been, yeah. totally could have been Molly. My wife had almost the exact same symptoms as I did back in March. I didn't get sick. And then this go around, my wife didn't get sick. She tested negative. Never once was sick. You know, my wife, we thought had it today. Um, we, she just could not, but she had no energy out of nowhere. Um, like just could not get out of bed, couldn't do anything. And that's not like her. Um, and we're hosting Christmas at our house and we thought it would be courteous to, uh, make sure she was in the clear. So she went and got her first test today, but came back negative. Turns back. She just had a, a case of sleep deprivation from four small children. Not you, you know, call me crazy, but I was a little disappointed that when I got my rapid test, they didn't feel my brain. I oh, was kind of no. like, that was the like, worst, man. Like I was kind of looking forward to that in a weird twisted kind of way. Cause you know, <laughs> I am and, and they didn't, they just, you know, kind of swabbed the inside a little bit and, and it was that. Yeah. My yeah, wife said you- she, she like involuntarily grabbed the nurse's hand and ripped it out of her, out her nose. Cause it was so painful. And then, no kidding. yeah. And then she said she like relaxed do it the second time and she just kept going and going. And then she said it just stopped feeling anything. And then she started feeling it farther than she stopped feeling it like up in her. Oh my God. It was yeah, so, an uncomfortable thing. So that's weird. Cause we all three, y- your wife, Mike, Nick, and I all tested at physicians immediate care, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I got a different test than the two of you. Dude, when, when <laughs> I went in and like I said, one of my symptoms was sinus pain and my sinuses right. were like sore to the touch. Yes. And mine too. They put, they put that bitch in there and my, and then you know that they have to do it in both nostrils. Right. For like what? Five like, seconds a piece. Isn't oh it? yeah. Yeah. And my sinuses are already like sensitive to the touch. Like if I poked my cheeks, they just like killed and they just shoved it in there and then slowly pulled it out. And I went like, my eyes were watering like involuntarily. I was like, Ugh! like that's actually the sound I made <laughs> like that. And then, I believe it. And then, oh yeah. So then they pull it out and then it's like, all right, that sucked. I never want to have that happen again. And then it's, oh, guess what? It's actually three seconds later and the other nostril. And it's like, if these tests are so accurate, like, I don't, I don't know. Why do you have to do it in both nostrils? And then you find out that they're so sensitive that they have ridiculous amounts of pulse positive or false positives. Yeah. Where it's just yeah. like, if you, if you have symptoms, then it makes sense to get tested. But if you're testing asymptomatic people, you're going to get false positives. But you know, yeah, at this bizarre. at this point, it seems like you get tested if you've got something going on and you need to make sure that you can still be around people. I mean, like Nick, obviously you had your wedding. Mike, you guys are hosting Christmas. You know, I had meetings and stuff. I was supposed to go to Florida for work. 
So I was like, well, I, I got to go get a test. You know, I've been around people like, let's, let's just be safe. Otherwise I would have just stayed home for two weeks. You know, I, I wouldn't have got tested. I would have just stayed home and not gone around anyone, which they recommend, I guess, you know, what's crazy to me though, is that they, you look at the CDC website and if you talk to anyone, you don't get retested. They, you know, once you don't have a fever for 24 hours, you're clear, or it's been however many days since you tested positive or onset of symptoms. Actually, it's not even tested positive. 10 days is what they told me. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days. So, so you wait the 10 days and then you're good to go. Um, but you can test positive for up to like three months without being contagious. Yeah. Well, that's when we had, uh, that Dr. Vitkovsky guy on, he was talking yeah. about how you can like there, there's separate categories here. It's like you can get the virus, like come in contact with it, get infected and fall ill. Right. That's like category one. And then right. there's, okay, you've already, you've already gotten ill. Now you have the antibodies. You can come in contact with somebody that has the virus and you can pick it up and get infected again. Technically, like the virus has taken root of your body, but you will not get ill and you are not contagious. So it's like, it's not happening, but the thing so is, wild. Like, yeah. So with that scenario, you can still test positive. So if somebody had it once and then like they were asymptomatic, but they, they got it and then they got it again, it's like, okay, now they're not symptomatic, but they're getting tested for the first time. And it's like, oh my God, no, I have COVID and now they're quarantining. So right. like, we're doing all of this, like way over the top distancing where it makes absolutely no sense. Like, yeah, yeah. as much as we're talking about following the science, it's, there is no science. The term cases is incredibly misleading in news headlines. Like 100% like, in cases that could be somebody that had it like you guys, you guys could test positive again and yep. it would go down as a case, even mm-hmm. though you're not contagious and you're not having any symptoms. It's like, well, cases are up. It's like, okay, but our hospitalizations up accordingly. Well, no. So it's incredibly misleading, but you know, they it's clickbait. So yeah, full, full disclosure, even as a, uh, uh, you know, sometimes co-host, I need to catch up on the podcast being sick. I didn't listen to any podcast. I sat in bed and just watched TV all day. I watched every episode of tiny house nation on not a, <laughs> not a sponsor on Hulu. <laughs> every episode <laughs> wow yeah i kept asking if you, you know, even wanted to just record and you're like dude I, I don't have anything in me i i just couldn't do it man and i sounded bad. so bad yeah i sounded like shit so you know what i binged I'm, was, I'm super uh, happy to be back you know what i binged was uh well we i binged a lot because i i told myself when i got it because i wasn't like physically deprived at all i felt like i could go on a hike Right. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to kick ass on the garage in the basement and I'm going to get all this stuff done and work on projects. And I ended up doing nothing shamefully, but <laughs> Hell yeah. I told, I, so I binged a lot. And one of the shows I binged, I'd never heard of it before, but Penny Dreadfill it's on Netflix. Never heard of it. Oh, it's good. It's good. They only did three. <laughs> and it's like, all, it's about all these, like, uh, it's a, it was on Showtime. It's like all these Gothic, uh, novels, like, Frankenstein and like the Wolfman and Dracula. And it's this show where it all takes place like in the same universe and like Britain in 1900. It's really good. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was one. So it's m- maybe a little less riveting than tiny house nation, but I thought it was good. <laughs> tiny, tiny house nation is really something. I tell you what, some of those people are insane. They're moving from 3000 square foot houses into a 300 square foot house. You it's know, I, like, that's my living room, man. 
Yeah, I totally understand the methodology behind it or the the psychology, at least like there is something to minimalization that does make you happier. Like 100% having more stuff. It just makes you miserable. Like before I left my, or left before I met my wife, (laughs) I haven't left her. Um, but, uh, before I met her, I, I had eight cars and cause I was just, you know, buying and selling a lot. And Nick and I were living together at the time and I had a pole barn at the house I was renting and I was just buying cars. That's all I did in my free time. I had no kids, uh, very, didn't cost much to live, to feed myself. But, um, then we, once we got married, I was like, man, I gotta get rid of all these cars. And like, they're just a headache. Like this one needs to be, this one needs this, this one needs that. This one needs to be waxed. This one's filthy from sitting. This one's got a flat tire. This one has a dead battery. I'm paying insurance on all like all these cars. Like, why, why am I doing this to myself? Like, it doesn't make you happy. It makes you just a slave to these things. And just just so everyone is aware, there there was eight cars. And uh, would you say that there was room for eight cars? No, I had them all over in different zip codes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, storage buildings. I, I think I had four on the property. Um, yeah, they're all. They're, I kept them all indoors mostly. Yeah. That's an upper middle white trash activity. <laughs> upper middle white trash for sure. Upper, upper middle white trash. I like that. I like that. That works. Yeah, you know, they're they're classy cars. I wasn't these weren't like, you know, 85 Dodge Omnis. I had like a Viper, a couple C5 Corvettes, a 70 Buick GS, 59 Buicks. Like, you know, they were middle, you know, upper echelon collector cars, but uh you, you forgot the Judge clone. Yeah, I had a GTO Judge clone. I finally got rid of that one. But uh yeah, that Yeah, I'm down to just one classic car now. And even that I never drive because it's a 59 and it doesn't have seatbelts. So it might as well be a one seater car because I can't put in it. Yeah, I've, I've got a, all I've got is my 75 uh, Yamaha motorcycle. That's my only collector's item. Oh, no, wait, no, I lied. I've got a 58 wooden boat. All right. Those are my only collector's items. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, getting into some Liberty content. Um, Nick has been working on building a YouTube channel for the podcast. And he put together a video today that um, he's uploading to YouTube. But uh, I thought we'd go ahead and share it on the show now. It's actually a clip from our third episode of the show with uh, the great Scott Horton. And he he put together a a video showing kind of the examples that Scott was giving during the interview. So, Nick, why don't you go ahead and pull that up? and uh, For show. Let's see what we got here. The one that might be a lot bigger of an issue is Syria. Because it seems like we talked about, uh, you know, the whole Assad has to go thing might be back on the menu which second of all that was the thing i was going to ask you about whenever there's one of these these conflicts arising the media has a certain phrase that's like very specific i remember back when ron paul was running it was ron paul is a kook and i quote a kook and i'm like why does everybody use that same term i've never heard anybody else refer to almost anybody as a kook and everybody calls ron paul a kook and when it came to syria it was assad quote has to go to go it's very important to know that Bashar Assad sooner or later will have to go. We are still saying Assad has to go. He- we both agree that Assad needs to go. Like, which is a very strange way to say we need to dethrone or overthrow this guy. The vernacular that you see come out of the media and out of the political class, where it's all this monolithic thing where they're not even hiding that they're like copying each other's homework. What, what do you make of that? And how frustrating is that as somebody who knows this stuff inside and out? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and the thing is, what sucks about is how effective it is, is that, you know, I remember this when I was a kid. It was uh, Randy Weaver was the guy who they attacked his family at Ruby Ridge, Idaho, at the end of the H.W. Bush years. Right. And they murdered his son on the first day. They murdered his wife on the second day, shot her in the head as she's holding an infant daughter, her infant daughter in her arms. 
Sarah's mother, Vicky, took a fatal shot to the head as she held the family's 10-month-old baby in her arms. And then they rigged the whole thing up to make him the bad guy. And the way that they did it was they called him white separatist Randy Weaver. And then they didn't just call him white separatist Randy Weaver. They called him white separatist Randy Weaver about 160 million times. So that the guy's first name was White, and then his middle name was Separatist, Randy, and then his last name was Weaver. And that was it. White Separatist, Randy Weaver. He is guilty. He is presumed guilty. He is a bad person, and you will not sympathize with him, even though they murdered his boy and his wife for no reason. You know? and. That's just how they do it. And it works, man. It works for Donald Trump, too, right? Donald Trump started calling Marco Rubio, little Marco. What's up, little Marco? Why don't you learn how to grow a whisker on your chin there, little Marco? Little Marco, little Marco. You know that in Florida, they hate little Marco Rubio so much. Don't worry about it, little Marco. I will. All right, well, let's hear big, big Don. You know, Donald, don't worry about it. Little, right, don't worry about it, little Marco. And that was it. Marco Rubio will be little Marco for the rest of his life. You know, it's as simple as that. Assad has to go. And, and look at the question they're begging. Does America have the right? Does the American government have the right to choose the government of Syria? Well, of course not. Of course not. Not by our Constitution and not by the U.N. Charter that the American, you know, U.S. Senate ratified. We have no authority whatsoever to change the regime in Syria. We are bound to respect their independence and sovereignty according to the law, whatever that is. All right. So that's that's about half the video. And I am trying to upload it today. I don't want to spoil the entire thing, but sure. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the format that we're going for on the YouTube channel is we're going to take kind of the, the juicier excerpts from the podcast and then provide video context to them. So you can kind of give like, you can kind of like cite yourself as you go for all of the things that you talk about in the clip. So that's kind of the idea because with the, the Ruby Ridge thing, when he's talking about, uh, um, you know, Randy Weaver and how the ATF murdered his son and then murdered his wife and their dog. Um, even obviously that takes a backseat to murdering somebody's wife and son, but it sounds so crazy to somebody that might not be familiar with that story. So there's a New York times clip where they're doing a documentary on it, like a little mini documentary. And it's like, yeah, they, she was holding their baby uh, in the living room and the ATF had surrounded the house and they were staking them out for like three days and they busted in the window and shot her in the head from like five feet away. And she dropped the baby. Um, And none of these officers ever face charges for this because obviously it's much like Waco. You're above the law. Yeah. Hey, Nick, um, now that you're done screen sharing, can you uh, exit? Yes. You got this you know, really, thing going on, and it's making me really I'm really digging that. I'll give it up. I'll give it up <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> there, there we go. go. That's a little better. That's a little better. <laughs> but yeah, Ruby Ridge is one of those uh, stories I, I didn't even learn about till, um you know, my adult years because I, yeah, not a few years ago for me. I, yeah, okay. I think that's, I think that's by design. I mean, yeah. that, you know, that, that's, they didn't want you to know about it. Yeah. It's a, it's a blemish on their resume. Absolutely. Um, even Waco, you know, it's like, um, speaking of Scott Horton, I remember hearing him talk about this. I never actually watched the, uh, Waco series on Netflix, but he was, was talking good. about how they left Very out. Good. He was, he was talking about how they left out some of the most damning things about it. Oh yeah. Like they left Absolutely. out the part where 
they left out the part where at the end of the siege, um, you had all these ATF agents that were posing on the burning rubble with their rifles in their arms. Like they were just uh, like, they just conquered like Iwo Jima and, yeah. and it was, it's like, Oh my, like after it happened, they didn't realize that this was going to be a scandal. They really thought they were heroes. They were like trophy hunters. Like oh, yeah. we just set a building full of kids on fire and, and gave them what is thought to be the most agonizing death possible. Um, you know, hopefully they died of smoke and inhalation and not, you know, flames, but, uh, it's it's unbelievable and again nobody faced any consequences for this yeah you know we we did watch uh my wife and i both watched the netflix series and it in you know almost the beginning as soon as the atf and and fbi roll into town they're coming in with tanks and helicopters and all this shit and molly says why do they have tanks i said you know that's what they do i mean that that's their deal yeah. <laughs> when the only tool you have is a hammer. Right. Everything's in there. Okay. Yeah, man, that's wild. And yeah, like you said, I think it is by design that they, they keep so much of that stuff kind of, uh, cause we were all born, Chad and I were in 90, you're 94, Nick. So we were all toddlers or infants in that, uh, that whole area. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it, I did not find out till I was way older, but any of the details, I always heard about Waco. I knew it was like this giant, debacle of something bad that happened with a fire you know that's all i really knew when i was a kid but um yeah as i got older i'm like wait why did this happen for oh they just had too many arms and that was making the government nervous like they actually didn't do anything of any like any criminal activity they were just a weird cult yeah yeah. it's cold-blooded murder the same way um you know the vietnam war was cold-blooded murder they conscripted all of these americans to go uh they kidnapped them to go fight halfway around the world you know, these poor farmers who were just trying to fend off their soil and, you know, you can script all these people, 70,000 American troops die and you just cause untold bloodshed and misery and, and spoiling, uh, you know, spilling all this treasure and blood for, for no goal. And it's right. like, how is that not a bigger example? It's like when you learn about the Vietnam war and public school, all you get are, yeah, you know, there were a lot of protests and, uh, and we could just we could just kind of chalk this one up to a, a bad idea and something that got out of control, but they were, they were doing their best and there were some unintended kind of consequences, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and what a brutal, brutal conflict. Yeah. I made for the only good thing about Vietnam is it made for some kick-ass rock and roll in the sixties. I will agree with that. That it did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Nick, I didn't know about Ruby Ridge that the ATF killed their dog, but that's kind of like, standard procedure for the atf right oh yeah while while you guys talk i'm gonna look up how many dogs a year the police kill oh no startling oh it's so wrong you i i it's so so wrong but you gotta love the memes (laughs) Uh, there's so many of them how effective in moving culture are memes? Like, I can't remember what the world was like before memes. Like, it's amazing how that can spread ideas so effectively. Something so childish and, and like rudimentary. Just oh, it's unbelievable! It's, it's unbelievable. It, it's it's incredible how you can convey a point so effectively with like ten words and a SpongeBob picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. So the DOJ confirms that. The, the police in America kill anywhere between 25 to 30 dogs every day with some numbers being as high as 10,000 per year. Oh my God. It's, just, it's a dog. Hell. 
And think about that. That means like, okay, so 25 a day. That means that in, in the average state, every other day, somebody's dog is getting a, a cat busted in their ass, you know? So it's, where does where does PETA stand on defunding the police then? That's a good question. I would like, that's like a good question. Think that, that would be well. I mean, PETA like, also, uh, you know, pretends to stick up for animals' rights, and then they they get people to give their dogs over to them, and then they give them to kill shelters. So I mean, PETA right, is right. a giant money laundering organization. Change my mind, yeah, you know? Like it's like when you see like like Jennifer Aniston. It's like her whole life exists around like like animal rights and stuff, and it's like really like that's the most. I mean, I, I'm like I obviously like, I. I love animals. I never have like, cruelty or anything towards them, but that's like with your platform, that's the number one thing that you're going to try to change the world with is animals. Not like, you know, babies being murdered or genocides across the world or anything like that. Well, and it's crazy. And I know a lot of what they stick up for is more, you know, domestic animals and, mm-hmm. and farm animals that are made for food. But you know, they're against just general hunting too of right. wild animals, but you look at hunters and I, I hunt, you know, I, I do mostly bird hunting, but we're some of the biggest people on conservation of land because you need that land and the animals to be able to feed yourself and hunt. Right. And that's, exactly. that's, that's half the thing. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm on the board for ducks unlimited here in town and we raise so much money every year that goes back to the marshlands and wetlands for, for the ducks. Like we're doing way more for those animals than, than PETA is. I'm sorry. Yeah, but in their eyes, you are just like a bunch of like backwoods hillbilly rubes, as they call you. That just like are just going around dumping waste in the rivers and cutting down trees and just clearing forests and and just murdering innocent animals and just you right. know causing mass extinction of white-tailed deer. Yeah, I don't exactly. I can't remember. I can't remember who I who it was that said this, but I remember it stuck with me so much because this is the best argument I've ever heard in in favor of hunting. They're saying like if you shoot an animal and you harvest them and eat the meat, it's like shooting an animal is about the most uh, gracious way to go. If you're a wild animal, if if uh, an animal is living in the wild, it's not like they have some four seasons that they retire to, and it's like they live out their golden years with off their four hundred one k. It's like if you're a wild animal, the options for dying are either like freezing to death, starving to death, or being eaten alive by a predator. That's it. Yep. There is no dying of old age, like with your family by your bedside. <laughs> so oh, it's like if you get, if you get a you, bullet you get, through the heart, that's pretty sweet. There's the occasional, you know, burning alive in a forest fire, getting smoked by a Peterbilt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably opt for a bullet if I was a deer. I think so. Yeah. Or getting hit by a car. But And that's, uh, I remember hearing this a while back too, but they said that there's more, I think this is on Rogan's podcast with like Steven Ranella, maybe, but they said that there's more white-tailed deer in North America now than when Columbus landed because we've, cool. you know, pushed wolves into tiny little pockets. That's the only reason they have no natural predators other than like vehicles and hunters, which is not it. the same kind of numbers as wolves should do naturally. Hmm. Interesting. I believe it. Yeah, it's nuts. So cool. Nick, any topics in particular you wanted to discuss? Uh, man, what's going on right now? What is going on right now? I mean, it feels like we're in kind of this uh, this election lull where, you know, who knows what Donald Trump is going to try to do, because speaking of wounded animals, he's kind of acting like one right now. Um, and I mean, I know we had Matt Erickson on a few a few episodes ago, and I, I really there's no way there's nobody around him that wants him to stay in power at this point. Not even like Mike Pence or anybody in his cabinet. He's no. going to get he's getting even if he he wanted to like actually say i'm not leaving office he's leaving office you know i mean there's 
like what what is he going to do like strap himself to the oval office and they're going to like you know have to cut out the floor and like use a, a crane to pull him out of there like yeah. he's not staying in office after the uh the texas supreme court lawsuit you know got left out um of court you know whatever enthusiasm matt gave me a little glimpse of hope it kind of dwindled out but matt when i've listened to him on on jason's show and he's he's once again felt more confident since this happened so i i don't know i i hope matt's right but i just i do not see it i like i don't know how like it'd be, it'd be such the world would explode if trump won this right now i mean I don't know what's going to happen if he loses too. Cause like half the country doesn't believe Biden's a legitimate president. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I, I yeah. don't know that it, I don't know that it matters um, because you know, I saw an article today that said that 56% of uh, people don't be- or uh, don't claim Biden is their president or something like that. Yeah. Like dude, they I mean, don't see him as a rightful president. Like let's say that the claims, you know, this is completely just speculations with that. Um, what's that? The attorney that was, you know, exposing all the Dominion fraud, Powell, she was talking about like how they believe that upwards of 80 million people voted for Trump. And it's like, okay, I, it, it's plausible. I don't know it to be a fact, but looking at the rallies and looking at, you know, his Biden's tour bus getting run out of Texas by a storm of tr- uh, Trump supporting trucks. I've never seen it before in a election. So there was a lot of passion for Trump. 80 million. I don't know. Plausible, but if it truly is 80 million or even anywhere near that, like that's a lot of the country. That's a lot. Like you can fake the numbers, but those people, if they, that's legitimate, they do not like Biden nor believe that he is legitimate president. How, how do you reconcile that and just be like, okay, whatever. We'll get you guys in four years. Come on. Good, good game. You know, like this isn't some just exhibition football game. Like this is some pretty serious stuff. Yeah. And I mean, this, this seems to be the formula we have like this soft civil war every four years that has only been escalating recently. It's like, I I mean, I was a little kid and we all were pretty young when this happened, but like the Bush versus Gore debacle and then Bush Kerry and then Obama McCain and Obama Romney and then Trump Hillary. It's like every year and the differences between the two were pretty superficial until 2016. You know, I mean, Mitt Rom- I love to tell people this, but Mitt Romney and Barack Obama had the exact same top five donors in 2012. Like both of their top five donors were the same people. So the, the policies wouldn't have been even a little bit different. Like what, maybe a 1% corporate tax rate different. I, I mean, they wouldn't have passed anything anyway. So you're literally looking at the exact same president. I mean, it's just how they talk to their base that really matters. But yeah, I mean, it, the the division has only intensified. And yeah, you really do have two countries, at least with irreconcilable differences. So what do you do about it? Well, And I think the big difference here is that, you know, Trump was president, is president right now. You know, that's totally unprecedented. That sounded weird. Um, but uh the these other elections where it's kind of happened, you know, Hillary, uh, you know, she she conceded like she she called him and said, yeah, OK, you know, y- you got it. Trump's not doing that. And he was president like there's a lot of people. And he, I, you said 80, 80 million. So if that's really the number, there's 210 million people over the age of 18 in the U.S. That's almost half mm-hmm. of all of the people over 18 in the u.s yeah that's like it's it's, insane. I don't know. I, i'm really curious to see what's going to happen over these <clears throat> next four years because it's it's never been more divided and the left is like getting more and more irrational by the day um it, it's just like 
the stuff that we're fighting over is like, like, I just feel like all of like, mostly the left, there's some people on the right that are guilty of this too, but our nation is like one big spoiled rich kid who doesn't realize how lucky they were to be born in a rich dad's house. And like, no, you guys are like extraordinary wealthy. You have like the biggest house in the town and they're just like entitled and spoiled and think that they have it so bad and that they know that their allowance isn't big enough and all this stuff. It's like, guys, our, our poor people are fat. This has never happened before throughout history. Like right. we, if poor people have cell phones and and cars and heating and air conditioning indoor plumbing, like we don't have it bad. Like stop complaining so much. But it's like that's the baseline. So they just feel entitled that someone else has more, so I need more. And that's that's like, and you know, I think envy is like the the most dangerous element in this thing. Is they're they're envious of other people who have uh, better lives, whether it be materialistic or um, you know even anything else career wise or family. Like they, they just get they build up envy and just say like, that's not fair that that person has more. So I'm going to go complain to the government. Who's like, you know, the teacher in the room and, you know, change the rules of the game. You're it absolutely is- right. You're absolutely right. You know, I just, I just saw the other day and it was just, it was too good. It was hilarious on Twitter. It was like someone's uh Tinder profile or something. And it's this blonde girl. And she says, you know, the description is blonde communist. Don't even talk to me unless you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. What? The satire page, huh? That's no, no, it wasn't. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it, it like that's real. I love the arbitrary number. Like, I know people that make a hundred grand that live paycheck to paycheck, and I know guys that make 50 grand and are pretty comfortable. It might have said six figures, but you, you, <laughs> you, you know, whatever, right? I yep. just like it doesn't make any sense, it makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, some of the stuff. I can, I'm almost a year clean of Facebook, which has been one of the best things I could ever do for my mental health. I highly recommend it to anybody out there. Just get I, rid of it. You don't need it. I deleted um, the apps. That's just, I, yeah. I, I, I still pop on once in a while, but you're right. It's I miss marketplace, but it's just too distracting to like just and then you know, especially as people that aren't political start getting political. It, it just infuriates me. It's like you know, Nick always draws a good analogy about it. it's like sports. It's like listen, like you don't pay attention the rest of the season. So all of a sudden everyone has a, has an opinion during March madness or during the super bowl. Now everyone's a, like a, no, this is my team. And I, I die for this team. It's like, no, you know, nothing. You don't even know anything about the players. You don't know anything about this game. Um, but just because it's a hot topic right now, now you are fully vested on the bandwagon and it's just, it's, there's no point in arguing with these people. Like you like waste your time. Like how many hours like just arguing with people who, hardly pay attention and just they take a they they basically adopt a position from somebody on cnn or you know rachel maddow or someone it's like yeah what she said that's my opinion i'm gonna go fight that for the death and it's like but you literally didn't you've already heard another another point it's hilarious because the woke sorry nick i keep interrupting you the woke people the woke people are the ones that are just sitting there repeating what's on cnn but they're yeah woke yeah, and uh, you know what was funny regarding the sports analogy thing with people being tribal? I had one hit me today. Uh, I was watching the Bear game because I must continue punching myself. And basically, it, it hit me today where people can have two identical things happen, like Republicans versus Democrats. And if it happens, if they're a Democrat and a Democrat is caught in some kind of scandal, they defend them. And if it's a Republican, then for the identical offense, they'll go after them and say that they're you know literally Hitler. Mm-hmm. And today I was watching the bear game and Alan Robinson had a catch the bears wide receiver. And he's, he's going uh, to catch the pass, like right on the edge of the sideline. 
and he has his hands extended ball hits his hands sticks. His right foot is on the ground and it is completely unclear if his left toe is dragging on the ground. It's like they zoom in, hit it from every angle. You can't see it's, it's really a toss up and they ruled it a catch. So it goes under review because the the, uh, other team challenged it. And, you know, they come back from review and they're like, after review, the, the, the ruling on the field stands and then, you know, all the fake applause in the audience because of uh, no fans, you know, happens. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that was a catch. But really, I knew that it wasn't. And I think it was two drives later. Um, you know, the other team has a receiver that, again, same thing is on the edge of the sideline, catches the ball. And it's completely unclear. Like you cannot tell no matter how close they look at it. If his left toe is dragging on the ground, like it's not kicking up the dust because they're on AstroTurf. So you can't tell it was the Vikings and the Vikings receiver. They called it incomplete. And then it goes under review and it just hit me. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Like if I was, if this game actually meant something, if I actually really cared anymore, I would be screaming that the bears receiver, that was a catch. And if the, if the Vikings receiver was incomplete and you could literally swap the plays and they're identical, like you, mm-hmm. it's the exact same scenario. And mm-hmm. it just, it reminded me so much. I'm like, oh yeah, because I allow myself to become mindless and cheer for this tribal thing. I'm being completely not objective. And yeah. you know, it's, it's exactly what we're seeing when it comes to political movements and the Democrats and the Republicans. That's a perfect analogy. That like that's exactly what it is. And yeah, just at least you're you're self aware though. It's like yeah, it's only because like I want a freebie. I'm not going to complain about it. And in reality, nobody's getting hurt. It's a silly game, but it's just it's it's so true because I've been there too. Back um, you know even I watch sports or anything. It's like you'll allow like a, a you know a holding call or something that's kind of BS to uh, go against the team that you don't like but but if it's your team they had, that was not a hold that what is he talking about is it breath blind you know it's is he paid off like everyone gets so irrational about it but dude, oh, it's yeah. like politics. you're you're vigilant when it when it's not your team mm-hmm. like you're you're looking for it. you're the ref you're you're the you're the head of the refs right it's like <laughs> oh, I was old <laughs> yeah and if you pulled a, a thousand NFL fans, do you believe that on average your te- your team gets the short end of the stick with the referees? About oh, nine hundred ninety-seven. Sure. About nine hundred ninety-seven of them will tell you yes. <laughs> you yep, yeah. And and the and the three that didn't were Browns fans. Yeah. <laughs> For just they're, like, they're just honest. They're like that. It wouldn't have made a difference. We could have gotten every I, call. <laughs> yeah, but we can't say that this year. The Browns are actually like. A team. Yeah. And I, I feel good for them. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them too. You know, and call me crazy, but it's like, I hope the lions at some point win a wild card spot. I really do. I hope I totally, I totally agree. There's something fun about the losers. It's like, I hope the jets rebound next year and have a great season. They picked up their first win of the season today. I thought they were going to go. zero and 16, but they, they got one and they, they partied like they won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. I mean, when they, when the clock hit zero, they all like, just, it looks like they just won the world series. They were all jumping like, yeah, we're not going winless, you know, that's awesome. unbelievable, but there's something awesome. about cheering for the perennial loser, you know? Yeah. yeah Cause nobody <laughs> likes the, the dynasty team that just keeps winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It's like, come on guys. Like, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, it's competition and you guys have the best. You know, it's me a historic team. We, I get so old just watching the Patriots win and win and win. Like the Colts were doing that too, especially being a Bears fan. That was just like, that's kind of why I just quit when I was like 16. They went to the Super Bowl in 06. I waited my whole life for this to happen. Devin Hester returns it, the first kick for a touchdown. First time a rookie's ever done that in NFL history on the Super Bowl. I'm all pumped. Then they lose. And I'm like, man, like 
they haven't won a Super Bowl since five years be- since before I was born. And I waited 16 years to watch this and they lost. And I got to wait another 16 years and, you know, right at 13 years now, they still haven't won. No. So, yeah, yeah right. we're, at, we're at 15 or at 14 years since then. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's rough. And I'm the first to admit, like, you know, if, if, if they do go to the Super Bowl, I'll, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to pretend like, oh, yeah, I'm a Bears fan again. It's like, now nah, it's kind of cool. I'm just tuning in, but I'm not going to wear Bears shirts and pretend I'm one of you guys because I'm clearly a fair weather fan and I want to own that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. What what bugs me is when, you know, playoff time comes around, and you get all these people that that want to jump on and act like they're they've been there the whole time. And it's like, you don't really enjoy, yeah, you don't you don't enjoy the winning seasons unless you've just punished yourself and sat through all the terrible seasons. And again, it's like there are better things to do with my time. I'm well aware of that. But again, yeah, I've talked about it before. There's something that is enjoyable to me about mindlessly, you know, like painting, you know, metaphorical war paint on my face and uh, just cheering for a side, even if the NFL is full of social justice nonsense. um, They've seemed to have completely backed off that. I think it's backfiring terribly on their ratings and they're recognizing that. So it's completely gone away. Get get, well, go prize. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you said it yourself, Nick. It's primal. I mean, it. It's just. It's there. That's. That's it. It's. It's like uh, uh, instinct to be a fan, I guess. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like how people are so proud of their ethnicity or or the only right religion or, or their family name, and, and rightfully so. You know, it's something that's like, no, this means a lot to me. My my grandfather raised me this way. This is our history, um, and you know, people they have that in so many different areas. I think for me, if I had to pick where my tribalism is most I, I i guess i would say politics but being a libertarian we're like kind of not really a tr- we can't even get along in our own tribe as it is but yeah. uh I, yeah, it's it's hard I, to it's hard to be tribal as a libertarian when like the whole premise is just leave me alone yeah and that's the problem is libertarians don't leave each other alone like we're just right. trying oh, to destroy each other to take on the the world like it's just so laughable to watch the uh the lp like i i, I did i joined the lp uh for 2019 and uh, I guess 2020 and they're, they've been hammering me to renew. And after the Jorgensen Cohen campaign, I'm like, I, I, it was 25 bucks a year, but I was like, I, I'm not doing this again, guys. Like I had hope, you know, I was hoping for Hornberger. Um, and when they, when they gave me a, you know, if I wanted to vote for a woke leftist, I would have just gone for, you know, the left. I didn't need a libertarian doing that. But uh, yeah, they just keep sending me texts and like they're automated, but I just reply to them every time. And they're like, uh, you know, renew today and get a free gift from the Libertarian Party. And I was like, okay, deal. As long as you promise that the gift is making Dave Smith the chair of the LP. Yeah, there you go. They never get back to me. Well, apparently, I guess on Facebook Live tonight, Dave Smith said that he has a big announcement coming. And there's some some rumors, you know, hopefully where there's smoke, there's fire. But they're saying that in 2024, the presidential ticket is going to be Dave Smith and Maj Ture. What? Yeah, I, I've seen uh, I've seen posts about it, and Dave Smith. I don't said buy he's going, He said he's going because remember he's been like hinting at like there's some big stuff coming. Yeah, he keeps talking about like you're getting some exciting stuff coming, but and dude. The, I mean, the I rumor Trump- from. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the rumor came from I guess on that that gay fakertarians page. They posted that uh, they're like, oh my god, like the Mises Caucus just disclosed on their donor call that their presidential ticket is going to be Smith to Ray 2024, and it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just great. I, I do like Maj Ture a lot, but I was really hoping for a, a Smith Woods ticket. Um, oh, right? there you go. But, uh, dude, uh, Dave Smith has talked about that. I remember like three years ago where he said, um, you know, people are asking, would you run for office? And he just stopped and goes, guys, I'm on a podcast called Legion of Skanks. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, no I can't run for office. But I guess Trump shattered the matrix that nothing matters. No, anymore. no, no, no. You can't win office, but he can right. run. Right. I, I was gonna say I was gonna say the same thing. You know that they're running, and Dave says it all the time. You, you, he knows they're not gonna win. They're not gonna win, but they need to say those radical things, and it's rad, yeah. radical, radical to the normies, right? But it's just those those radical things that that really get people just like scratching their head. Like, like that's what you need to do. I will say there's there's never been a more important time because people are kind of. Um, Jason Stapleton always talks about it. I'm not sure if it's his, his original quote, but how most people are just walking around with their umbilical cord hanging out, looking for somewhere to plug it into. Like people are just like, I need something to follow. Like that's the masses. And totally true. There, there's a lot of confusion right now. Like people don't trust the media. They're terrified of the economy. They, they're like, okay, wait, we might be going into some kind of big recession or depression because all this, wait, you, you just can't print money. Wait, wait, the Federal Reserve is what? How does it work? Like people are starting to catch on to all this madness going on. And I think it's time like, for if someone like Dave did take the stage to like just to wake him up about the Federal Reserve and, and how all this is going on and you know obviously the foreign affairs, it would it would I think you could really, you know, possibly reignite a second liberty or liberty movement, you know. We need it. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, and I don't know if we've got time to really break it down. Sure. But have you guys followed any of the uh this Russian hacking thing that's going no, on? I know right nothing now? about it. So please break okay. it down. So uh, I don't know much about it either, but, um, you know, my, a buddy of mine sent me a couple headlines this morning and he, it, it's just, you know, it makes you cringe. So here's one. And this is Reuters. Biden chief of staff says hack response will go beyond just sanctions. Oh my God. That didn't take long. No. Ugh. And, and I'm not surprised. So here's, here's another one. Oh, this is our, our representative guys. Uh, Governor GOP Representative Kinzinger, cyber attack approaching actual direct act of, of war by Russians. What the hell? Oh my god! Yeah, I heard that they called it the digital Pearl Harbor, but this is, uh, and they still haven't shown any evidence that it even happened, from what I understand. Right. And, and you oh know, we don't god. we don't need to get into it a ton, seeing that the three of us apparently know nothing about it. But I just <laughs> thought that those headlines were just. Uh, and I'm not surprised, but it's just like, what the fuck? Well, when you talk about getting into a hot war with the same, the very same country, not the same regime, regime but the same country that we had the Cold War with, um, right. you want to go beyond sanctions with a country with nuclear weapons. Um, right. As, just haphazardly. haphazardly probably, as, probably as many as us. Oh, do yeah. They all, do they all work? Mm, I don't know. I, well, from, but I still, only a few yeah. of them have to. Yeah, I mean, I remember um, like digging down this rabbit hole a few years ago. I think it was like 2016 when uh, when tensions with Syria uh, were really heating up when Russia was intervening on uh, Assad's behalf. And I think it was still the Obama administration. It was the Obama administration at the time. You know, we had our Operation Timber Sycamore. We were fighting this proxy war with arming Al-Qaeda, and we were trying yep. to overthrow Assad via Sunni jihadists. And right. They were talking about the the you know tensions with Russia picking up, picking up, picking up, and then Hillary Clinton was campaigning on a no fly zone in Syria. So you're saying that you're going to shoot down Russian fighter jets? Um, yep. And I wish this was still around because Alex Jones had a video on YouTube at the time 
which Alex Jones YouTube video, rest in peace, uh, that it's gone, but really, he had this, you, you yeah, think it's on, uh, is it on like BitChute or any of those websites? So it, it never went viral. It never went viral. Oh. I just like happened upon it one day and right. he was talking about, uh, the, there was a U.S. representative that was talking about in Syria. This, this lady was saying, um, this is a Congresswoman and she goes, well, we're going to have a no fly zone in Syria. She was like questioning the military brass about this, like the generals, like they're having some hearing. She goes, well, we can shoot down their, their pilots if they, um, if they do this. And the general goes, he's like, uh, ma'am, you're madam. You're, you're talking about, you know, getting into a, uh, you know, a hot war with Russia. Uh, we, we want to avoid any casualties between the U S and Russia. And she goes, yeah, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm saying we would, we could use drones to shoot down their planes. And he goes, ma'am, are you saying to shoot down their, their drones? She goes, no, we'd shoot down their fighter pilots, but we would use drones to do it. So we wouldn't. It's okay. So she goes, video game. Yeah, she goes. So we wouldn't be killing them. It wouldn't be oh like God. a person shooting a gun at them. And he goes, and Alex Jones is turning red. He's like, he goes, he yeah. he references one of our good buddies, Tank Johnson. He goes, he goes, islands don't float. You can't shoot down Russian jets. And he's slamming his papers, you know. And oh, we should play that on the podcast because I still find people that it blows my mind that they haven't heard Hank Johnson Hank talk Johnson about islands tipping over. Yeah, we're worried that you know if we put all the troops to one size, that the island might capsize. And all the, the guys oh, like, <laughs> you never seen we this? Should, we should I have no, that. I've never seen this. All right, Nick, I can we're I can edit it up right that now. time. So go ahead, pull it up right now. I can edit yeah, up we're that space. It right now. Dude, you're not gonna believe Excellent. this. <laughs> Excellent. Like, it's the the lunatics run the asylum, dude. Like, that's where we're at. Like, these the craziest people among us have somehow weaseled their way into being people have authority over us. Didn't Pink Floyd have a song about that? <laughs> the lunatic is in the hall. Yeah, brain damage, right? Yeah, yeah, great tune. That is a great tune. Oh, and people say that this Hank Johnson guy, for the listeners and me, who is Hank Johnson? Hank Johnson is a current U.S. congressman in the House of Representatives. Okay, I, Democrat oh, from Georgia. I, he's current I, in this video I, as well. Like I knew that. Old. I knew that. It, oh, it's at least 10 years old. And people like to say like, oh, well, he had an episode because he's on this like hepatitis medication or something. But if you look up Hank Johnson on YouTube, the top hit is Hank Johnson Guam. And then the second top hit is Hank Johnson's greatest hits because he has montages of him saying incredibly silly shit. Dude. He makes Joe Biden look like, you know, articulate. Awesome. Here we go. It's two minutes, Chad. Here we go. Are you screen sharing? Nick, you're not screen sharing. Yeah, I got nothing. Oh. Go back to inception mode. It says I am sharing. That's weird. My uh, audio and video beg to differ. Agreed. Yeah. That's bizarre. Um, Here we go. Oh, I got to edit stream. My my bad. My bad, guys. We're good. All right. There we go. Okay. Ready? Let her rip. Is what 12 miles from shore to shore, and at its smallest level, uh, or smallest uh, uh, location, it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other. Is that correct? I don't have the exact uh, dimensions, but uh, to your point, sir, I think. Guam is a small island. Very small it. island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. 
So 20, 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest uh, place on the island and about 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. And um, I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that. Uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The uh, the Guam population is seventy five thousand, and again, with eight thousand Marines and their families, it's an addition of about twenty five thousand uh, more uh, into the population. The whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Okay. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, oh my God! Oh, I feel funny that was. I haven't seen that in years. Oh my God! <sighs> the Earth is flat too, <laughs> guys. Holy shit, guys! Think about this. This is if you are a conspiracy tinfoil hat guy, this has to drive you crazy because if there is a global elite that really do just handpick and install people into positions of power, this is that is the best evidence because they're like. Let's oh see how God. bad we can fuck with the conspiracy theorists. Let's get this guy elected. And <laughs> most people are so ill-informed because they just, they, they, you know, take their kids to soccer practice. And then they, when they go vote, they just check D in this district. Yep. And there's a congressman who thinks that islands float on water and he thinks that's how it works. And if you put too many people, and even if islands did float, I would guess that an island, it would be like so heavy if it was like hollow or whatever that you could probably put like, billions of people on there before it would actually like shift the weight of it you know you would think so. well what's so, interesting is is real quick if, if he if it does capsize he's not saying it sinks it's not going to just like get a hole punched in it and go to the bottom of the ocean it's going to go upside down so what's on the inverse side of the island do we have like like mountains just miles high or is it just flat you know i'm just kind of curious what hank johnson thinks the uh the bottom of the island looks like that's a good question yeah i would be worried about it sinking i think that's a good point i think that's, you know that's probably it, a good point yeah. and it, if that guy thinks that, does he think that they just move? They must be floating all over, like just like a boat without an anchor. Just or, or maybe, or maybe it's got an anchor. I don't. Maybe it's islands like, are anchored. I don't like, really know. It's like the local police on Guam. It's like they have to go around busting parties, like their high school parties. If there's like yeah. too many people and they live on like yeah. one end of the island, like guys, what the hell are you doing? Like we're gonna capsize this bitch. Get on hey, the other. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm gonna go a little conspiratorial. Maybe that. Maybe these guys are now all leading the U.S. and they. Uh, that's why they're keeping us in our houses and don't want us moving around too much on the island. That could be it. I mean, hey, maybe that's why there's so much population on the east and west coast of the U.S. Just to balance it keep it from capsizing. It, it only makes sense every continent is just a giant you, island you know that's like this guy think what's he think it is like a like a uh Embraer jet like no hey you guys have to come sit up in the front because we're going to be off balance dude like, what's, <laughs> what the hell? i just I, I, I forgot that existed and it's like you almost feel oh, bad showing that to people because it's like i don't make fun if the guy does have dementia and stuff it's like i, I do i don't mock that it's kind of elder oh, abuse been like that for decades but get him out of power. Like if that was somebody that was, you know, running a machine at a at a factory, like guys, he's got to retire. Like he's he, he, he's, he's from he's from Georgia. Yeah, 
Uh, maybe that explains some of their trouble. <laughs> it could be. Oh. Sorry, sorry, Georgia listeners. I think it's a lovely state. Yeah. Hey, guys. So we're coming up on an hour. Um, it's been a little while since I've watched this video, but I think to close, it's it's less than five minutes long. I think we should play Hank Johnson's Greatest Hits because we'll you guys are going to and then we'll, we'll get a, a reaction afterwards and we'll put a little bow on the episode. But uh, yeah, we'll play this thing. Go ahead. I don't know if my brain can handle it, Nick. I don't know. Right. Nick, go ahead and bring up the screen. I'll let it in. But um, yeah, I'll go ahead and post this link to, in the show notes too to Hank Johnson. Hank, Hank Johnson. Hank Johnson. Hank John- That's our John's boy. Crazy. He's actually yep. my favorite congressman. I thought it was I thought it was Rand Paul or Thomas Massey, but it's actually Hank Johnson because how can you not love him? Yeah, go ahead and pull up your screen. Okay. Get this shared. Go ahead. As I am prone to do, I use a lot of analogies. Mama, mama, the patent trolls are coming. The patent trolls are coming. And I show a minute and 41 seconds, sir. I'm, and the gentleman's I, I, time has expired. I'm getting shorted on my time. 30 yeah, seconds. If the gentleman needs additional time, I gladly yield. There's one seconds. minute. One minute. Could I get another minute? I yield another minute. Two minutes. One minute. <laughs> one minute. Okay. Okay. 15 more seconds. I yield the gentleman 15 seconds. I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, I will, uh, I think I've mixed up my speeches. We've got to ensure access to helium for all what do you do when the wolf is crying out or actually barking out there being no helium for comedians to get that (laughs) voice do you move back from the door and uh and then kneel down and pray and hope that everything is okay ferguson happen in any place in america whether or not it be in ruby ridge uh utah or wherever ruby ridge was i guess we'll probably have uh folks uh putting on uh white hoods and white uniforms again Uh, brings to mind uh occasions where as a youth my sister and i would go to my uncle's house i would uh use as my text the song some of us may remember by janet jackson what have you done for me lately my uncle's wife would prepare uh a lot of food and we would sit down and eat and the food would would taste terrible what have you done for me lately we had a couple more days to be there and we hoped for the best and uh so the next day sat down at dinner and we had leftovers. What happens when you put in a cage fight a giant in with a midget? The use of the midget, uh, excuse me, the use of the M word is no longer socially acceptable. Well, the midget will not win the fight. I'm going to tell you that. Now, the, the M word refers uh, to uh, a group of people, the little people. If you put <laughs> that giant, then the midgets have a chance. It okay, really- we're gonna we're gonna run that part back because that's my favorite part of the whole thing. Thirty midgets. But, but, in was there three giant. different times he was talking about midgets and giants? 
it really refers to uh, uh, a medical condition. Now they have weight classes in cage fighting. Dwarfism is, uh, is the name of that medical condition. You'll just have equal weights. You'll have equally weighted combatants. This guy's very concerned about things balancing. In the pocket of a rich man, then there's a hole in that pocket and it trickles down the quarter Barry. out into nickels and dimes location it's uh seven miles uh between one shore and the other is that correct uh, i don't have the exact uh dimensions but uh, to your point sir i think guam is a small island when you're downstairs in the bathroom and something's leaking from the upstairs bathroom and then someone tells you that it's raining it just doesn't make sense my fear is that uh the whole island will uh become Trump's. so overly populated that took over and uh and capsize uh we don't anticipate that and that, ladies and gentlemen, is Representative Hank Johnson. Dude, I just want—I want to go on the record. Um, I don't care. You can hold this against me later. Usually, I'm not for uh, mandating anything, but I am pro helium for all. Yeah, no, I mean, from what I understand, helium's pretty uh -huh. cheap. I'm not sure. And that was for the people that are just listening. It's he brought up helium in like two or two. I think two different settings. Like well, he he's in a different suit every time. He's really concerned about helium and comedians not having enough to do that high-pitched voice yeah you need universal helium you know that's that's very important for comedians to do that high-pitched voice and he's doing <laughs> the hand gestures like a, a hand puppet talking what do, you, what do you think goes on after these these hearings or whatever they call them when people walk out do they, do they just talk about how crazy this guy is or do they just it's got to be drugs it has to be yeah i mean, <laughs> I mean come on <laughs> you Dude, know, maybe this guy's good though it's the he's so worried about balance it's kind of like the scales of justice right yeah, we should really focus his attention to the, uh, the, the our spending versus income ratio that the government's doing. Try to balance that out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, if he's worried about things not worry about over, that might be somewhere better. My yeah. worry is the Federal Reserve is going to print so much money that the whole dollar is going to capsize. Yeah. If he, if he was saying things like, with no shit. if we got our tax revenue is only three and a half trillion and our expenditures uh, six trillion and uh, uh, interest rate goes up, then our uh, interest payments will swallow our budget like a wolf, like my auntie used to tell me about. I'd be like, This guy is my favorite ever. Like, if he was saying stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, like an oh, idiot, yeah. I would be all about it. It's not the inflection or the slow speaking that it, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's the content that matters. So, but cool. Times did he talk about little people? Oh, oh yeah. the M. Oh, you mean the M word? I'm not sure. Um, he's like he he says midget. I'm sorry, the M word. And then I, my favorite part was was he's like if you put a heavyweight in with a midget, the midget will not win the fight. And then he's like, but <laughs> if you put thirty midgets in with the one heavyweight, <laughs> he's like, oh my god. And then the the rain. Where he's like, ah, oh, the you know the. So there's a sink leaking upstairs and stripping on your head from the ceiling and people tell you it's raining. It just doesn't make sense. 
It's like yeah. fair point. Fair point. If I was gonna trip down inside and someone told me it was rain, I'd be like, I'm, I'm not buying it. Be like, yeah, you're not wrong about that, Mister Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah, guys. Uh, I will put that in the show notes. So feel free. The the, the audio doesn't do it justice. You got to see the video just to see that he's wearing a different colored suit every time he's talking about midgets and helium. This is something that he's very concerned about. Um, but yeah, guys, I think we should really add to the libertarian ticket uh, helium for all universal word. All right. Universal helium. And Mike, I'm uh, I just sent you that, that link. So, um, okay. However awesome. you want to snip it, but perfect. All right, cool. guys, that was good. All right. Peace. All right. See you later. later.